yeah, uh, exciting times, times of change. Uh, also, um, kind of high emotion, isn't it? Uh, but this is, you know, uh, um, I remember somebody saying to me that the essence of the gospel is change. You know, being conformed to the likeness of Christ, change from glory to glory. Um, so, yeah, let's continue to pray for, for Tracy uh, as well as we pray for ND and, and all the changes that are going on uh, at Tracy's house. <laughs> Epicenter of change. Um, so, um, what we wanted to do um, uh, today uh, was um, to give space to reflect on uh, our, our journeying with the disciples, uh, kind of putting ourselves in, into their position kind of listening to stories, um, having a sense of, of what we as individuals and maybe as a church have, have picked up over the course of the last, I think it's 12 weeks, looking at various aspects of discipleship. As I say, more from the, 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 the perspective of the disciples, those first century disciples, um, uh, and sort of resisting the temptation to look at uh, the, the writings in the letters when Paul and Peter and others are... Uh, exploring what it means to be a disciple there's lots of rich stuff there but we thought we kind of know those stuff really what but, but I wonder are there are there things that, that God wants to teach us um, not just about the what and the how but the why you know the, the first disciples who were compelled to follow Jesus why was that what, what was going on what's the why what's the sort of the motivation and I'll spare you another look at that Rob Bell video because, um, uh, but but it's so brilliant, isn't it? Because it just shows how um, the kingdom, that that invitation to be in uh, disciples in the kingdom, flips um, things, everything on its head, and it's an invitation not to the few but to the many, not to the elite but to everybody, not to be on the edges but to be in the heart of the kingdom, and that sense of being a disciple, being close to Jesus, that that. Um, old Jewish saying of be, be so close to your rabbi that you've got the, it almost sounds a bit gory, doesn't it? His, his, his dust, the mud from his feet or his shoes, his sandals on, on your, whatever you wore, your tunic, your, your T-shirt, whatever it is. So being so close that as the dust is kicked up, then it, it kind of lands on us. Um, and so um, a quick, uh, we're going to have a quick kind of uh, look back. I, I know two or three of us have got stories to share just just personal stories. So um, that, that, again, is, is um, an opportunity for us just to share a story. It doesn't need to be a, a profound and deep insight necessarily. We know, don't we, the value of stories. Even if someone says, you know, I haven't understood a word of this. God hasn't been speaking to me, but I, I sense there's something in it. Let's keep praying. It's, it's, it's about being real. Um, but looking back, but also then seeing what that says to us as we look forward. Uh, as we look forward to um, continuing our discipleship as individuals and as a church with ND and with um, Emma and, and uh, Joshi and Asher. I resist the temptation to call them the boys because I don't want them to be the boys. But I, I'm not sure if we're allowed to call Joshi Joshi or Joshua or Josh or whatever. So we'll have to find out. But, um, but you know who I mean. And then uh, I thought, uh, so, so if um, Kizzy's going to say something, Fran's going to say something, um, if you want to just share a little bit, uh, that would be fab. And then uh, we'll, we'll start to get our hearts ready for communion and, and think a bit about uh, the disciples meeting Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Okay, so 
um, the quickest look back. Um, uh, as I said, we were, we were, Paul and I, when we looked at this in the VLT, we were, we were just captivated by the sense we, that we know, we know the commands, we know the encouragements, we know the stories, but what about, what was it like to be a first century disciple? Um, what um, can we see when we put ourselves into that position uh, that inspires and encourages us as 21st century disciples. And uh, Paul um, pulled together the ideas, I think, if you've been involved in, is it Nav Navigators, um, Nav Press, then there's these, um, uh, these kind of, uh, the structure uh, was one that, that we wanted to, that, he, that he, he came across that sounded really good. And that sense of being a disciple is being transformed. Um, transformed in our minds to believe what Jesus believed. Uh, transformed in our habits um, to train as Jesus trained. Uh, transformed in our character uh, to live the way that Jesus lived. Uh, transformed in our relationships to love as Jesus loved. Two more, transformed in our service um, to minister as Jesus ministered. And then most recently, transformed in our influence to lead the way Jesus did. And, and I, I don't know if anyone's been here for every one of the 12. We should award it like a medal, the discipleship medal uh, for, for those who did. Um, but as I was just reading those things through, I'm remembering uh, little bits and, and pieces um, uh, from, from the various speakers have brought there um, and God's perspective to it. So, so I wonder what kind of, so what? <laughs> what does that what has that said to us? What do we think it, God might be saying to us through his word, through his spirit? And what are the stories that might be starting to emerge? Um, and I just want to emphasize that sense of emerging stories. Don't, please don't feel that it's got to be a cut and dry three point, this is where I come from. It, just a sense of something. Uh, it would be lovely to, to hear. So Fran's laughing, um, which I, I know she's happy and it's great to see, but if word gets out... Um, we don't know what's going to happen. So, um, so Fran, are you okay to start with your kind of, uh, just your um, something? I'll bring the microphone, and then I'll, I'll bring it over to Kizzy at the back. Um, and, and please, um, you know, if there are a couple more, that would just be brilliant. Can you hold it for me? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I have really enjoyed this series and gained a lot from it. It's made me rethink some attitudes and made me think a bit more before I speak and act. Um, to ask myself, especially in situations where I'm in the presence of non-Christians, am I a good ambassador for Jesus? It made me think about how young some of the disciples were and how they were prepared to just go when Jesus called them. It made me think, how do I take care of the world that we live in? To think, can I recycle this packaging? It's made me not buy certain things because the packaging is not recyclable. It's made me think, am I unfairly judging people? How can I stand up for someone who's not being fairly treated or bullied, even in a way that the people doing the bullying think they're just being straight with them? I hate that. <laughs> I reacted to some of this this week and realised that words I had heard in this series has caused me to react in a way of proactive gentleness. Don't you like that? Proactive gentleness rather than just let it happen had a couple of people afterwards coming up and apologizing it had made them think about how the person under attack had felt so just to say to anyone who actually did a preach 
Thank you. And you have made a difference. Um, and I just wanted to add a bit. I was asked to ask, add a bit about the ND transition team. I'm on the transition team and have now had several people join the prayer warriors. Uh, one prayer that some were asked for was ND's ordination, which went wonderfully. With all the Alton family getting there on time and being made incredibly welcome, it was the joyous occasion we had prayed for, and we all got home safely too. So thank you very much for your prayers on that. The people who'd been praying about that were thanked and given another topic in its place. It's not too late to join. I can always give you an item for prayer to add to your own quiet time. Thanks and blessings to all our prayer warriors. I'll let you know when the prayers have been answered and give you another item for prayer. I'm also preparing a useful list for ND and the family and I've got several phone numbers and addresses for doctors, dentists, local takeaways, supermarkets and where they are etc. The one thing I haven't got is a contact number for an electrician, a bright spark if you like. So if you have someone you can recommend, please do let me know. Thank you. Um, one of the things that struck me was that um, as we transition, but also this is actually part of the story of, of the VLT for the last 18 months, that we, we have felt uh, that, that God is calling us to use his compass, the spiritual compass of the spirit, as much as the map of, of, of having a sense of where we're going. Um, because there was a time when we didn't really have that very clear sense of where we were going. Um, and we were led to that passage in Acts where in the storm... Um, the disciples were, you know, were chucking things overboard to have, the, to have the minimum to survive. Now, that was a while, a long time ago. But we, you know, it's interesting, that sense in which I, I, I wonder whether we, you know, we are being called more into a real-time sense of having a compass that tells us where to go next, even if we don't have the map that shows the ultimate kind of destination or the route that we'll take. It's like a one-step-at-a-time kind of thing. Um, right. Okay, Kizzy, are you okay too? Oh, brilliant, thank you. Okay. Everybody? All right, so I, think, I feel like... Um, I'll explain the voice as I get to it. Um, God was putting on my heart to be a better steward of um, offerings, money that you give, you know, sometimes the Bible calls it tithes, offerings, or money that you give to charity or to church. So I was been going in my head for a while so I was talking to some other friends some other church friends and they were like oh yeah just just pay it you know just don't worry about it just whatever's in your heart to give just give it and and God will God will God will sort it out you know I had a tough month one month and money just came into my account money will come into your account so those so as I left that meeting you know back in my head for a couple of months I kept thinking money will come into my account money will come in. I was thinking, money does not come into my account. Um, you know, my employer puts money in. If I've had a reckless month and, uh, you know, my husband puts money in my account. But um, other than those things, which I know where, where it is and when it is, uh, money does not come in my account. But I just kept having this thing. And then I remembered this text in Malachi, Malachi 3. Um, it says, you know, prove me now, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there'll be not enough room to receive it. So all of those are sort of scrambling in my head. And so every month I get to, so I get paid on the, around the 28th of the month. And the night before I've got that sinking feeling because I get the prediction of the utility bill. So it's gone from a very comfortable 
sort of about £98 for the two of them. And then now, at the worst, it's about £400. So it can fluctuate between that. So I get this, the gas bill. But God says, you know, I, in my head, I, I want to give some to church. So anyway, so a couple of months, I sort of give what I said I'm going to give, and everything's fine. And then um, one particular random month, I, um, I'm asked to get a prescription for a family member. So they, they have two prescriptions, which is about... £20. So they send me £20. I go to the chemist and it's £10 because they've put the two in the one bag. So I've got this £10 left over and I, th- and I felt like God was saying to me, you need to send them the money back for that. And I'm like, oh, it's only £10. And I was like, okay. And, and, and then thought is, no, you need to send it now. You need to go online and you need to check your accounts. So when God talks to me, it's not sort of like a big, it's not a big boom voice like, Kizzy, you need to do this, if you know what I mean. It's just this sort of little little thing, not like a little Tom and Jerry thing where you get the good voice and the bad voice, but you know, a little thought that pops into my head. So anyway, I drop the prescription off and then I'm in my account and I look in my account and lo and behold there, I'm like, whoa, there's money in my account, extra money that's, you know, and I look at where this money's come from, so it's more than the £10. And it says DWP and some letters that I don't recognise, so it's not my national insurance, so it's not a tax return. And then I suddenly think, ooh. And then I sort of remember that um, a month or so ago, I'd applied for a disability allowance. Um, So some of you may or may not know, I've been having some problems with my voice. As you can sort of hear, it's not, I always sound like I've got a bit of a cold. So um, I'll try and explain that bit a bit briefly. Um, So basically, 2019, I get this um, sort of tickle in my throat and... Um, this sort of cough that won't go away. You know, you always hear the NHS say, if you've had a cough for two or three weeks, you need to get it checked out. So my voice sort of goes, and I remember I was supposed to do a, an event, a children's event with Karen and Christy, and, and then I, I ring him and say, oh, I can't do my voice has just gone. So then it comes back, and then towards the end of now 2020 lockdown, the voice sort of sounds like this. So whereas before... It sort of sounded normal. This is normal now, but it's sort of always got this sort of, you know, raspy sort of sound or Marge Simpson sort of voice to it. Um, So then um, I struggled to get seen, which is the story that everybody is NHS. Um, Eventually I get seen, so I go private, and then the NHS doctor's doing his private day, and he goes, oh, well, I'll pop you back on the NHS. So, you know, managed to save some money there, so praise the Lord. Um, so then the consultant sort of puts me forward for all these tests. Um, so then they find out that I've got some swallowing problems. So when I swallow, it takes a long time for it to go down. So then they do some more tests. So then, um, like, well, the doctors in the room, they diagnose me with right vocal cord palsy, which basically means that my right vocal cord is paralysed. So they sort of say that when you're talking, both of the muscles move like this, but the right one, for some reason, had stopped. So my left one is doing all the work, which is why I sound a bit croaky, because I've only got one vocal cord talking. So then they decide to give me this procedure, which plumps out the, um, the cord, so I sound better. And then just before that, he sends me for an MRI. And then the MRI, so right before I'm having the procedure, he goes, right, I've got the results. Um, we've actually found... Um, a tumour in your throat but it's a non-cancerous one you don't need to worry about it but it's a tumour 
and it's sitting near your vocal cords. That's why you've got this, um, you know, because I kept telling them I've got this, I feel like I've got guitar in my throat. Sometimes I can't clear my throat. So anyway, so, so that's that. So, so then, you know, I managed to get back to work and things are carry on. And so then, um, so then Rich says, well, why don't you apply for the disability uh, allowance thing? Just to see if you can get some, well, recognition, if anything. Because it's, you know, your day-to-day -day is quite difficult because you have to talk for your job and so on. So I do that. And then my friends who've applied for it and said, oh, it's terrible, don't go for it. You know, I've got, I'm in, I've got epilepsy, I'm in and out of the hospital with this thing. And, you know, they just make you feel like rubbish and they make you write down everything and you, you won't get it. So I, so I was like, mm, okay, so I'll just do that. So I did it. And then in this form, I have to write down how my disability affects me. So, you know, so then, so, so obviously I've talked about, so if I'm eating, I've got to, you know, slather it with custard and things like that so it's smooth going down so like dysphagia and then when I talk about talking I remember writing down that you know I can't um, I can't sing in church and I was thinking do I put that on my form are they interested that I can't well I can't sing in tune I should say I can sing I can't sing in tune so I used to have a lovely well in my head alto voice um, and I can't I can't get that I can't get that note anymore. So I think a couple of weeks ago, is it Wendy had some songs that she chose that were traditional ones, like, um, I can't remember if it was Great Is Thy Faithfulness or To God Be The Glory. Real sort of rock songs where, you know, if I was at a funeral or something, I'd be like, yeah, and I'm like, it just won't come out. So I write all these things down, you know, dismissing, you know, I can't participate in church and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, like I said, this random month, I look in my account and in my account, like the words that were ringing in my head from the earlier conversation was, money will just come in your account, just give it, it will come in your account. And I thought, money will come in my account. She was right, you know. So, so I'm not sort of up here sort of saying that, so um, VLT, you know, Jim has not had a word with me to talk about stewardship and giving, <laughs> giving things to church, but I just felt that God was saying to me that, you know, if you step out on the water... As a song, I'm sure there's a song like that, I will be with you, don't worry about it, whatever's in your heart, whatever promise God has given you, I will deliver. So he did, and just very lastly now, um, this week, my parents had their roof done, um, their neighbours had had their roof, and the usual, the builder, you know, it's, it's, a deta um, it's a joined house, does something to their roof, and then they suddenly decide, you know, there's a problem with mom and dad's, and mom and dad, oh, we've got to get our roof done. So I'm like, oh. so I managed to negotiate some money off the price for the roofer because, you know, they didn't have a problem. Well, they needed doing, but not immediately. So anyway, fast forward, the work's done. I go to the bank with my mom to do the transfer. And while my back's turned, sending the photograph to the roofer to say that the money's sent, my mom then turns around and says, oh, I've just put some money in your account. You know that money you got off for me, that 200 quid or whatever it was, I've just put that in your account. And I was like, oh, mum. And, um, and then again, it was that words again, money will just come in your account. Don't worry about it. Be faithful. Money will come in your account. So, so really, it's just to encourage you. I can't guarantee that money is going to come into your account. Um, you know, I only usually get one tax return in the year, and that's the one month. But I've just a little example through the sickness and feeling very broken with this what this is. I haven't got it switched on because there'll be interference. So, you know, I don't, 
I feel that even though I feel a bit broken than what I was, it's just appeared, it's a long-term condition, as long as it doesn't grow, I'm okay, and it's been fine for the last three years. But it's just a testimony, really, because not many people who get a diagnosis of a tumour um, have a benign one, and four years later can stand up and say, you know, God has been so good, but God has been so good, even in these difficult times and with sickness. So it's just to encourage everybody. So whatever it is. So for me, it was stewardship. For you, it might be, I don't know, diet or, you know, talking to your neighbours. So whatever it is, just be encouraged that God will deliver. And um, it is a test of faith. But, you know, and every month it's the same thing, sinking, feeling, what mystery bill's going to pop up this month? But, you know, somewhere, somehow it always works out. So that's it. That's brilliant. Um, um, anybody else? Uh, we've got um, some time. Um, does anybody else have a, you know, the start of a story or there's something just to share from, from the, the 12 or so weeks that we've been looking at discipleship? Yeah. Uh, just like to say that um, I gave a talk on family and as I was preparing it, I was a bit hesitant because it seemed like I had to speak about difficult times we've had as a fellowship um, a little while ago and how people had left but also people had remained and if you're in a family the idea is that you remain there may be times when the family splits up but the main thing to do is to remain and I thought well I'm not sure about to say this is it bringing up old things but I felt it right to do so the feedback was absolutely tremendous. A number of people came to see me afterwards and said, thank you for saying that. I hadn't realized how many people struggled to stay here when it would be easiest to leave. And now I do realize it. And I still thank you all for staying with Alton during difficult times as well as easy times. And, uh, you know, God... I now know why I said that and I now know that God wanted me to affirm those of you who are staying and still working and still ministering in this fellowship. Thank you. Yes, I know um, lots of positive feedback from that one in particular. Um, Isn't it great how we can look back and and know uh, that God has spoken to us as individuals and as part of his church, that this, you know, the worldwide church of which we are um, a part, um, then we know God is faithful um, and God is personal. God speaks to, to us in our own situations. Um, and, and yeah, I hope um, uh, that this becomes an increasing feature of our lives together, that we do share our stories. Um, so thank you to those who have done that this morning. Um, Ethan Stiles, um, uh, uh, came to Becky and me and said, you know, um, and, and we've shared this already, we'll, 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 over the summer might be a time and into the autumn when we write down something of our stories. Ethan said, you know, when I'm struggling in my faith, you know, can you imagine him saying this? He said, um, it's great to hear people's stories. I find them really encouraging. I think, whoa. Uh, and he said, I just wondered if we could perhaps put them into a collection and then put them into a sort of book. And then when, when any of us are struggling in our faith, we could read each other's stories. Um, and so, you know, um, a, a fantastic 
idea, a great offering. Um, we're going to get him to do the first one. Um, and, but, but the invitation is for all of us. And maybe this is something that, that um, during the summer, if we've, got, if we've got a bit more time, if there's a chance to just reflect on what God has been saying to each of us as we get ready to uh, come back in September in this new chapter of, of the, in the life of Alton Baptist Church, this new chapter in our individual lives with ND and the family joining us, um, then I, I would encourage us all to, to think of those stories. And just one side of A4, as it were, not doesn't need to be an epic, but something that can... You know, God, we know that God uses stories like he's, he's doing today uh, to encourage us and support us and, and, and move us closer to him. So something perhaps for the summer. Um, as we get ready and think about communion and, um, and, and what is our last Sunday service without a minister? For a while at least. For a while. Yeah, yeah. Let's say that again. It's our last Sunday service without a minister. <laughs> um, and so... And so inevitably, and I think it's, it's lovely that, that um, God has, has reminded us uh, through various people um, and, and spoken to me about our hope. You know, it's easy to, you know, it's a time of hope, isn't it? We are a people of hope. The Bible is full of um, illustrations of hope and of, you know, um, uh, encouragements, um, God uh, may the God in, uh, in Romans 15, we, you know, may the God of hope fill you with joy, fill you with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with life-giving energy of the Spirit, will brim over with hope. That's from the message. Um, so hope is something that's integral to us as a people. Um, and as I was thinking um, about the disciples um, on, on the, uh, as we come to the end of looking at the, the discipleship series, then I thought about the disciples and hope. What were their hopes? Um, and um, uh, you, I'm sure you're ahead of me. The, the, the passage that, that I felt led to um, is the passage that um, tells the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. So I'm going to read the first little bit of that, and then we'll pick up the last bit when we uh, share communion together. Um, so it's, it's what we would now know as Easter Day, the day uh, of Jesus uh, uh, is, is discovered to have been resurrected. Uh, on that same day, two, sorry, I'm reading from Luke 24, starting at 13, verse 13. Uh, now that same day, two of them, the disciples, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? I love this. They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you, the, are you only a visitor uh, to Jerusalem? And do you not know uh, the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he said. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, this is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. 
They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Okay, so I'll just leave it there and come back to it uh, with Kate in a, in a moment. Um, but it's verse 21, the, the one that grabbed my attention this week. Um, uh, when the disciples, uh, the two disciples are saying to, uh, to the risen Jesus, um, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. This is the verse, verse 21. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And so, of course, they had seen, hadn't they? And we've been looking at over these last 12 weeks, the Jesus acting as a prophet, as a miracle worker, as a teacher. These were all signs of God's power and God's anointing. Um, but the disciples had, they were, looking for, uh, they were looking for the Messiah to deliver Israel from suffering, not to deliver through suffering. They were looking for... Um, looking for the ability to worship their God and be free from the oppression of a pagan um, society with pagan gods. So they were, they, their hearts were in the right place. They were hoping for the right things, but they, 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 hadn't got, they hadn't been able to contextualize in the sense of all the prophecies about Israel how it, God was going to do that in this topsy-turvy kingdom kind of way. Not to be delivered from suffering, but through suffering. Um, and... And so, and Jesus, he died without even putting up a fight. You can imagine that the, the disciples would have felt sorrowful, puzzled, let down, angry, confused. What had happened all these years? Um, and how, it, how had it not played out as they had hoped? Did that mean their hopes were kind of wrong in the first place? Um, were they naive? Were they stupid to believe that, that, that these things could have happened that God could have redeemed Israel so what's that say to us about our hopes for the future um, David reminded us that the ND is a nam um, t-shirts um, ND is a nam uh, a newly accredited minister and we have the privilege and responsibility of supporting him as his first church as a minister and, and uh, credit to the transition group who have thought hard about what does that involve um, and, and, and lots and lots of support and things that, that I don't remember us giving to Tim and I, I don't know about Howard but t th things that are right and timely for ND in his, you know, as he starts his, his formal ministry. So how does this affect our hopes for, for ND and, and his family? Uh, last week Beth and Hillary pointed us uh, towards insight from the world of leadership about the potential feelings of isolation and sensitivity what, how does this inform our prayers and hopes for, for Andy and the family? Um, Alice, do you remember the, that, that Sunday um, when we voted unanimously to call, to call Andy as our minister? Alistair Ross made the same point. He said that um, he's a new minister. You know, he will make mistakes. That's part of how 
God will learn, uh, will teach, and, and we'll, we will learn together. So I just wanted us to, to pause um, with joy and, and hope and anticipation of all the good things that God is going to uh, bring to us through each other and, and with Andy and the family in our midst. But also to say, um, that, that also to, to, I suppose, encourage us to pray that our hopes are well-founded and that our hopes are in that sense of both the map and the compass. We, have a, we might have a vision for the future, but let's have that compass that directs us in the way of the spirit and the kingdom in the day-to-day. Um, let's encourage each other to be sensitive to, to God's leading and prompting. Um, you know, uh, to, to, the, to the name of an electrician as much as a, I don't know, something more um, um, proactively gentle. Maybe that's a word for us. They've got that... They've got their way of living. Um, we don't necessarily know very much about that. Um, do they need time with people to energize? Do they want time on their own to kind of recover? Um, um, what, what are their rhythms and what are their, their ways of living? So let us be both listening and proactively gentle. Love that phrase. We'll say that, I'm, I'm sure, a few more times. Um, trusting in God's faithfulness. What is it that that we want to pray for for Andy and the family? Is it, you know, something to do with uh, material, you know, kind of um, encouragement that money will come into their account or the equivalent? What is it that uh, we want to hope for ourselves and for Andy as, as he starts to, uh, well, I, I guess emotionally he's started to make the move. Physically he'll be making the move soon. What are the things that we want to pray for um, and hope for um, and trust uh, God for uh, as um, we, we um, draw a line perhaps or leave behind some of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the things that God's taught us and, um, and some of the difficulties and, and, and all those things. But they're part of our past, they're part of who we are, but what is it that God is, what hopes um, is God planting in our hearts and minds for the future? So um, I wondered if we could um, we'll, we'll join uh, and, and, and uh, have communion together. And maybe after that we can, we can pray um, a bit. I know practically, David, um, do we need people next week um, to come and uh, you know, help, help with what you're doing um, at the house? Brilliant. Okay. So is that um, just so that if you've got some flexibility, then, then um, David will direct you into the right kind of time and space. Um, for our relationship with the school, you know, our, our relationship with the school has been fab, hasn't it, for years and years. And suddenly in the last three weeks, the things have been broken, you know, um, smells have appeared. Um, and, and they're saying, oi, Alton Baptist Church, what's going on? Um, and, and, and most of the time it's not us at all. Uh, but I just, just think, you know, uh, these things are, uh, we're stepping into a time of, 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 we're always in a time when we're trying to do kingdom things that, 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 that um, the evil one and, um, would be wanting to undermine and challenge and, and cause uh, difficulties. So I think, it, 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 as I said last week, I think it was, you know, it, vision and justice are things around, inevitably linked with prayer. 
So thank you, um, Fran, for leading us in our prayer, uh, you know, as we get ready for, for ND and the family. Um, do uh, share the topics, won't you? The warriors um, are committing to pray, but we, we will all want to be involved with and support, you know, um, and lean into what God is uh, calling us to do and prepare uh, for this exciting, hopeful uh, time. But, but God's hopes uh, more than ours. Um, Kate's going to come and uh, lead us uh, after a song.